0: Frederick Democrats podcast, the official podcast of the Frederick County Democratic State Central Committee. I'm your host, Josh Kramer, and my guest today is Alderwoman Kelly Russell, who is running for re election uh, as Alderman in the city of Frederick. And just so you know, if you're not aware, there is a city election this year. You can get information on the city elections at cityoffrederick.com slash 150 slash elections. You can even punch in your address, and it will tell you where your polling station is. Early voting for the primary will be on Friday, August 25th, and Saturday, August 26th. The primary election date is Tuesday, September 12th. The general election will be on Tuesday, November 7th. So I want to go ahead and introduce my guest today, Kelly Russell. Thanks so much for being here and taking time out of your day to record this podcast.
1: Oh, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Thank you very much.
0: So uh, if you could, just starting out here, just... Tell us a little bit about yourself. I, of course, most people in Frederick, I think, know who you are. Uh, <laughs> they've elected you. They've they've entrusted you uh, to be uh, alderman, one of the aldermen in the city of Frederick. But if you could just go a little bit more into who you are, your background, and then why are you a Democrat?
1: Sure. Um, I am a lifelong Maryland resident. I grew up in Montgomery County but moved here in 1983 uh, because I wanted to uh, become a police officer and this was an opportunity to, to relocate and in, into a beautiful city. So I've lived here for 33 years now and I love Frederick. Um, I worked in the police department in all sorts of different capacities. Uh, I worked the street, detectives, community policing, Uh, My last nine years, I spent recruiting and hiring police officers, so that was a very um, interesting experience, and I retired at the rank of lieutenant. So I live downtown near Hood College, Uh, not right in the core of downtown, but close enough, and uh, I live in an old historic home, and I love doing projects on it at home.
0: And so why are you a Democrat?
1: It's a very, it's interesting. It's a very, it was a very distinct choice for me. Um, For the duration of my police career, uh, I was a registered Republican. Prior to that, I was independent. The independent uh, selection came way back when I wanted to vote uh, for a particular candidate right after I got out of high school, which was a long time ago. And then the Republican thing came as a bit of a rebellion against uh, my parents, uh, as some young people will do, and I did the opposite of what they did. And then you know, during my police career I was absolutely apolitical you know you don't get involved in politics you don't um, really pay attention to things and so my party really didn't mean anything to me and then an election came along after I had retired and I wanted to vote in a primary for a Democratic candidate and then I started getting interested in running for office and I thought well now's the time for me to sort of assess where do my values lie what do I believe in and where do I most closely align and it was clear as a bell, that I was a Democrat. And so I I registered and have been paying attention and and working those values ever since.
0: So, you know, with your career in policing, you know, there's over the past few years, especially there's been a lot of national media attention on policing. And it's it's a difficult topic uh, because of the differing views on it. Police provide a valuable and very needed service to the community, and we want them to be safe and doing their job. But at the same time, there are very legitimate concerns from people in the community, especially in the African-American community, uh, the Hispanic community, in how they interact with police. But just kind of generally speaking, how do you see uh, the current relationship between the city of Frederick and the, the the city police, and what can be done to, I don't know if it's necessarily the need to build trust, but to build and strengthen the relationship between the police and residents of the city.
1: Mm-hmm. Trust is absolutely key. Without trust, the police can't function uh, properly and they can't support the community properly. So that's really um, the crux of it. And the, the Frederick Police Department, uh, and I may be biased um, because I, I think it's an outstanding police department, has made great strides over the years, um, particularly when we came under the leadership of Kim Dine in, in the uh, arena of community policing and taking it out of a sort of like being just a unit within the department and having it be an overriding philosophy of the department. So we went, switched to a problem-solving model so when we're going on calls, we're we're trying to get to the underlying issues and solve those so we're not returning and returning. And it's critical that we build relationships with our very diverse community, some of whom have incredible trust issues because of you know, the countries where they came from and the relationship with police there. So it, it is uh, it is key that the police work with and build that trust relationship with all of our communities. And... Frederick Police Department has done, I believe, an outstanding job in that, uh, and I hear that um, all throughout the community uh, at different events, for supporting different causes, how supportive the Frederick Police Department has been.
0: And, you know, one of the other issues that police have been dealing with in Frederick, uh, and really I think many other activist groups and so forth, have been dealing with the opioid issue in Frederick, and of course, you know, not to mention the, the sufferers of this uh, overdosing is an issue. It's putting a strain on our, on our hospital uh, and, and so forth. But what, what would you do upon re-election to try to, and what are you currently doing? And then, of course, what would you do in another term to address this opioid crisis that we have?
1: Well, I, I, you know we talk about an opi- opioid crisis, but it also it, there is a lot of underlying um, bigger issues underneath that. The first thing that we can do is make sure that all of our first responders are equipped with life-saving equipment, with Narcan, with uh, what they need if they come upon a situation where somebody has ingested or ha- is overdosing. Um, that is an immediate need to save lives. The underlying things are: why are people using these drugs? There are mental health issues that need to be addressed. There are, you know, homelessness issues that need to be addressed. There are addiction uh, issues, and all of these things that are sort of social, bigger social issues. I think that are, are all tied to this. And so, as a community and as a government, I think we have a responsibility to invest and to support those efforts that 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 uh, lift up those kinds of services that can help people get away from the substances that are hurting their, their lives. We have the Frederick Community Action Agency that has a lot of uh, uh, programming. We rely heavily on our nonprofit community partners, the Religious Coalition uh, for Emergency Human Needs, the uh, Rescue Mission, we, and we work very closely. Um, and I think that's going to be the way that, that we address this problem is by Binding together and making sure that we don't let folks that need help slip through the cracks.
0: And one of the other issues that gets a lot of talk in in the city of Frederick is that of bulk trash pickup. Um, What's your position on bringing back bulk trash pickup?
1: Well, bulk trash is a very expensive proposition in the city. Now, here's what I hear. People want bulk trash back because they miss the opportunity to go sort of... uh, dumpster diving and, and curbside shopping when people put out their stuff, you know, and these are great opportunities, I know, for, for, for taking one man's trash as somebody else's treasure. However, it, uh, it is a two-week-long uh, process. We've done the analysis on the cost. So really, during the last administration, uh, Michael O'Connor and I put our heads together and worked with city staff to develop this program that we call Free Cycle Roundup. And what that does is round up all of these things that... People want to dispose of. We bring in nonprofit organizations to match them with items that can be harvested from uh, the items that people don't want, and then we have our recycling uh, truck there and we have our trash truck there. So right on site, you bring your stuff. We sort through it, and the things that are savable get saved, and they go to nonprofits for for good cause.
0: So, the environment. And things like climate change, you know, and and I feel like there's some link here between, you know, disposal of of trash and the the environment in, in Frederick City. And of course, on the national level, President Trump still bothers me to say that uh, has has pulled us out of the Paris Climate Accord uh, that President Obama had had negotiated, and we got in. But now that the United States has joined Nicaragua and Syria in leaving the Paris uh, Climate Accord, a lot of states and local municipalities are taking that issue on themselves, Mm -hmm. rather than relying on the federal government. So what can we do in Frederick City to try to protect our environment and make it a safe environment for this generation and future generations?
1: Sure. Well, the city of Frederick itself has a state sustainability plan, and we have a sustainability commission that uh, is working on on these kinds of issues. I think it's important, uh, as we see mayors adopting the the principles of the uh, the Paris Agreement, you know, perhaps the City of Frederick can look at that in, in, uh, and see what that might entail if we were to adopt that same kind of, uh, of a stance. But I think the City of Frederick itself has, has focused uh, a lot on reducing single occupancy vehicle trips to clean the air. We are uh, very bicycle and walkable friendly. We've uh, made great strides in those kind of areas. We uh, encourage recycling, which is a program that the county controls, unfortunately, or fortunately, I suppose, but we do our best to promote and and enhance those opportunities. We sell composting bins. We are involved in in a lot of things that are good for our um, community and for our sustainable future, which is very important to me.
0: And uh, you know, one of the things with the, the bike lanes, I love that there are bike lanes in Frederick. I bike through Frederick, and I've noticed over the years, uh, from a personal standpoint, it's gotten a lot better and much more friendly uh, to bike around the city. So one of the other issues, of course, is affordable housing mm-hmm. in Frederick. You know, we, we have, as I've said several times, we have a great problem in Frederick in that People want to be here. Mm-hmm. They like it. And we're, we're growing. Um, but of course, that also means that there are strains on our resources and there's lots of challenges that come with growth. And one of those is increased cost of housing. What can we do to make housing more affordable?
1: Well, we, we do work closely with the Affordable Housing Council, who is making some recommendations. And the City of Frederick has, uh, in the last couple of years, approved projects that have been brought before it. To us, um, for example, the 520 North Market Street is going to have a number of affordable housing units. Sinclair Way off of uh, South and Patrick Streets is, is uh, an affordable housing. a really sort of a mixed mixed income. Let's let's say that with workforce housing, it's a whole uh, it's a whole range of incomes, and some of it's subsidized, some of it's uh, market value. So what we want to do is is continue to engage and 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 uh, take up those opportunities when they arise to. To build more affordable housing and to encourage people to participate in these efforts.
0: So I'm going to try and combine two issues here into one. Uh, and that is the hotel, the downtown hotel and conference center uh, that's that's going to be built along uh, Carroll Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to know your stance on that, but also I think that ties into the issue of economic growth in Frederick, you know, job creation and the creation of good jobs. Uh, do you see the downtown hotel and conference center as something that's going to help uh, create those kinds of jobs in, in Frederick? Uh, and, and how could this lead to greater economic growth?
1: Absolutely. I see it as a huge catalyst. It is a missing piece of, of uh, infrastructure as far as I'm concerned downtown. Um, not only will it create, you know, some, it will create jobs, all, all levels of jobs. But also, it's going to create an opportunity for companies that have those high-tech jobs, those really high-paying jobs, to come to Frederick and to network and to to see the community that we have here, and we want to draw them into this community. We already have um, our major employers group with Fort Detrick, the hospital, uh, the Chamber of Commerce, and these are all... Um, these are all wonderful opportunities with very good jobs, and when they have the opportunity to bring conferences in to our location and show other folks, that the other companies that have these kinds of jobs what a wonderful community Frederick is, they're going to want to locate here. That generates jobs, tax revenue, increases services. Uh, you know, everybody has a better opportunity for, for prosperity and for success.
0: And we've got about a minute left. So I want to ask about uh, Hargett Farm and what should happen with it. So it was bought by the city at the height of the housing uh, market and then the market crashed and now it's worth about a third to half of the value. And one of the big expenses to city taxpayers is the debt service and paying for this property now. So, uh, could you elaborate on on what's happening with that property and, and where you see its future, what you'd like to see the future of Hargett Farm be?
1: Well, let me just clarify. The city bought it. Uh, they, they took it under condemnation uh, during the 59th administration. They paid for it with tax-exempt bonds, which meant that the land couldn't be used for anything else. This administration refinanced that finally, uh, although there was a negative arbitrage. In the long run, it was worth it. So we now have opened up opportunities for somebody to come in and develop it. We have spent uh, a significant amount of money on a master plan, a feasibility plan, uh, and we do have uh, $2 million budgeted this year for uh, the relocation of Butterfly Lane, which is a safety um, improvement that has been planned for a long time, but also to create the internal road for this potential regional park. My position is that investors are going to have to come and, and pay for those, um, those amenities. You know, If we want a, an auditorium, the City of Frederick taxpayers are not going to pay for that. This is a, a regional facility, and we're going to have to in, entice um, investors. All right.
0: Well, uh, thanks so much, uh, Alderwoman Kelly Russell, for taking time out of your day to do this podcast. Uh, greatly appreciate it. I'm sure the listeners do as well. Uh, so again, thank you.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: And just so you know, if you'd like more information on the Frederick County Democratic Party, you can visit our website at www.frederickdemocrats.org. And there, you can click on the tab that says uh, Upcoming Elections, and you can get uh, access to all the websites of the candidates that are running uh, in this year's mayoral and aldermanic elections. Uh, so the music for this podcast was created by David Fitzwater. I well, Thank him for doing that. Thanks to all the listeners and we'll hear